0: Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. The fourth and final week of our I'm Confident series. And I don't know about you, but it has been an incredible series, hey? And our key verse for this series is Hebrew, has been Hebrews 11.1. 1. Let me remind you what that is. And it's, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. This is amen to that, hey? Right? So faith is the confidence that God is who he says he is and he will do what he says he will do. That is so exciting and so encouraging. Even if we stop there, the day's done right? So encouraging, hey? In week one, we spoke about how the enemy knows that he can't take your calling. So he works to get you to surrender your confidence, hey? And there were two things that we looked at as to why we throw away our confidence. In week two, we talked about how God wants us to live with confident humility. You know, only in God can these two things, confidence and humility coexist. Only in God. So we don't turn confidence into arrogance and humility or humility into weakness, hey? And then last week, week three, we looked at David and Goliath. You know, Pastor Bronson shared how the size of our giant is actually never the problem. It's the smallest of our confidence in God that becomes the problem, hey? How true is that? Do you know, if you miss them or you want to listen to them again, or maybe you know someone that would be encouraged by these messages or needs to hear them, why don't you tell them to jump on our podcast or on our YouTube channels? It would benefit you so much. Or maybe you just want to hear them all again because you love to hear the incredible messages that we have. So make sure you do that. But today, I have the honour to continue and to end our confidence series. So why don't we pray this morning? I just thank you, Lord God, for the the privilege to be able to share your word. I thank you, Lord, that you anoint my words, you open hearts in this place today and you speak to every single person, God, individually and uniquely, how you want to touch their heart. We thank you, God, you anoint me as I speak in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, my children, I have three children, have grown up and we have tried to instill in the children's life that prayer is very, very important plays a big role in their life. Do you know, we've tried to instill that there's basically three things regarding prayer. We want you to go to God when you need help. Go to God. When you want to talk to God, have a relationship with him, communicate with God. And when you want to ask for help, go to God. And thanksgiving, yeah? Most importantly, thank God for things that are happening, the good things that are happening. And you know what? And even when bad things are happening, thank him for the good thing that is going to come yeah keep thanking God do you know my youngest son Roman who's five years old he will often wake up in the middle of the night and he'll come into my room and often it's maybe he's had a bad dream and he'll come and he'll say mum pray for me when he wants to go back to sleep he will only go back to sleep if you pray for him so it's Bronson or I or um you know one of us two that will go and pray for him or maybe he's even hurt himself he'll be in the backyard and he comes running in there could be blood pouring down his arm or, you know, skin missing. And he's be, pray for me. Pray for me. Sometimes I'm like, mate, you need a Band-Aid or we probably need to go to hospital. But okay, okay, <laughs> like we'll pray. But you know what I love? I love that Roman runs straight to God. That's what he does. His first thing. And he has no, no question in his mind that it's going to help. He knows it's going to help. He has no doubt that God is gonna help him. But do you know what? Sometimes I'm the one that's like, mate, we probably need to do something else but pray right now. But do you know what? Straight to prayer. You know, it's so good. Do you know have you ever been like that at times? Maybe you know there's a, you know, you're probably thinking, I need a band-aid here, or I need a bandage, or I need to see a doctor. But not prayer. Prayer's not the answer, maybe. Or do you ever wish that you just had that childlike faith like Roman that would just, you know, no doubt, no question, I go straight to prayer without hesitation? Or do you approach God in prayer with boldness and an expectation that he's going to answer? So, you know, it's, it's something we should really think about today. And, you know, in 1 John five thirteen fourteen 14, it says this, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. That you may know that you have eternal life. And this is the confidence that we have toward him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the requests that we have asked of him. Do you know, if we're being truly honest today, and one of our values here is being authentic. If we're being real today, we really want to believe this for ourselves, don't we? We really want to believe this is true. But our past experiences and life, sometimes we don't, it doesn't happen for us, yeah? We don't think it's going to happen. We think maybe it's not true for us. You know, most of us at some point in our Christian walk, if we're being real, we we come with scepticism towards prayer. There's a point where we get there and we go, you know what, I'm not actually sure. Does God actually hear me? Is what I'm, if I'm going to pray, is it going to actually change anything? Does God even care? Let's be honest today. That's sometimes where we're standing. Do you know? But I really believe that God is wanting to do something in our church regarding prayer. God is wanting to do something. Do you know, Something greater than he has ever done before. Not just here, but in your life. And I think it's even bigger than that. I don't actually just think it's this church. I think God is talking to the church, capital C right now. And saying, church, get on your knees. It's time to start praying. Come back to what you need to do. I really do. I really feel there is a, a call of God for the church to come back to prayer. Do you know, every great move of God is preceded by a great move of prayer. Every great move. Do you know, every major season of awakening in Christianity, whether it's in a church, a school campus, a workplace... Every single one has been categorized by intense, persistent corporate prayer. Every single one of them. Do you know um, Samuel Chadwick in his book *The Path of Prayer* makes this statement: "The one concern of the devil, devil is to keep the saints from prayer. Our enemy fears nothing from prayerless studies, prayerless work, prayerless religion. He laughs at our toil and he mocks at our wisdom." but trembles when we pray. Prayer turns ordinary mortals into men of power. It brings fire, it brings rain, it brings life, it brings God. There is no power like that of prevailing prayer. So true, hey? So true. And this, sto- this uh, statement it reminds me of, this is probably showing my age, um, a-, a series of books that I read called the- This Present Darkness. I'm not sure if anyone knows this. And it's about spiritual warfare. And it talks about, you know, devils and angels and there's believers in this. And in this book, it basically talks about when there are devils around, they sit on the shoulder of the believer. But depending on the intensity of prayer and the amount of prayer that the believers are going through is the sound and the loudness of those devils. If the prayer is strong and the believers are praying, those they can't hear the voice of the devil because they're deafened, because God protects them. So I just want to encourage us, to, and in, in that book, Guido is the head angel, and he's this big, muscly angel, right? And, and he's there, he's the protector. You've got to read it, it's so good, so good. But I just want to, that's what it reminded me of today. When we pray, those angels are strong, not because they, no, I'll say that again, the angels are always strong. The devils are weak. They're weakened, right? And it, it stops their ability to infiltrate you. So it's just so powerful. And on Wednesday night, we were here and we had a time of prayer like that. It was absolutely amazing. Can I encourage you, if you don't come to prayer or have never been to prayer, you need to come. Why? Because we moved heaven that night. I can tell you on Wednesday night, something happened in the spirit. There was a unity amongst people praying and there is so much power when that happens. So I would really encourage you maybe challenge you. Next time we come together in prayer, come along. It's, it's not about, I'm sorry, it's not about you. It's much bigger than that. Why we pray is much bigger than that. It impacts so many other things. So come along. It will help you as well. Let's continue. And 1 John 5 tells us that answered prayer hinges on us praying according to God's will. We've got to pray in accordance to God's will. Other verses that reinforce this are Jeremiah 42.3. It says that the Lord your God may tell us the way in which we should walk and the thing that we should do. Colossians 1.9 says, For this reason also, since the day we heard of it, we have not ceased to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And James 4.3 says, You ask and you do not receive... Because you ask with wrong motives, so that you may spend it on your pleasures. You know, church today, Elevation Church, what if God, let's pose this question today, what if God had a lot more for us, a lot more, for our schools, our communities, our families, you, our church, but we never got it but we never got it because we simply didn't really know how to ask. Yeah? Or the other part is we quit praying for it. We quit. And do you know what? Maybe we quit praying just before the miracle was about to happen. Maybe we just gave up at that point. And what a tragedy would that be? Not just for us, but for those that God was intending to impact because of our prayers. So church, our prayers are not just for us. Our prayers impact because God can do something with those. Today, why don't you turn with your Bibles to Acts 12. This is the key passage for today. It'll be on the screen if you don't have it. We're going to go through a bit of a story. So we're going to start at Acts 12, to 4. And this is what it says. About that time, Herod the king laid violent, violent hands on some who belonged to the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the days of unleavened bread. And when he had seized him, he put him in prison, delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. So Herod Agrippa, he's the grandson of Herod the Great, and he is the one who uh, wanted to put to death all the babies under the age of two so that he could kill the baby Jesus, Right. So this is the Herod the Bible is talking about here, okay? Herod has just killed James, who is one of Jesus' original disciples. And the response to his death was so positive, people are crazy, that he thought, you know what? I'm going to imprison Peter too. I'm going to imprison Peter. And then he puts 40 soldiers around the prison to keep Peter from escaping. 40 soldiers. And more than likely more than likely. He's killed James, everyone liked it. He's probably going to execute Peter, just like he did James. It's probably his intention, right? So we go to verse 5 and it says, So Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. You know, it didn't say, but the church didn't have time to pray. It didn't say the church was busy. You know, it didn't say the church prayed in different prayers. It didn't say the church didn't feel worthy to pray. No, they made earnest prayer to God for Peter. Earnest prayer. What does this word earnest mean? It means showing sincere and intense conviction. Sincere and intense conviction. There is no half-heartedness in those words. It's absolute, yes, John, uh, sorry, Andrew Murray makes this statement, the man who mobilises the Christian church to pray will make the greatest contribution to world evangelism in history. John Wesley said, I am convinced God does nothing except in answer to prayer. Do you know, every time the church really prays in the book of Acts, things happen, God moves, things basically explode. So let's have a look what he does in this book of Acts. In Acts 1... You know, they're praying in the upper room for 10 days straight, yeah? The Holy Spirit comes, Peter preaches, and 3,000 people are saved. In Acts 4, they pray, and God fills them with such boldness that they turn the city of Jerusalem upside down. And over, you know, the church is now, by the end of Acts 5, the church is now over 10,000 people strong. It's growing. Some of the harshest critics, the Jewish priests, and even Paul himself, eventually, are getting saved. How amazing. Acts 12, they pray, and Peter basically just walks out of prison. Walks out, yeah? God strikes down Herod, their persecutor, and he's eaten by worms. What the heck is that? That's the worst way to die. But you know what? (laughs) That's God for you, mate. (laughs) He'll come for you. Acts 13... They pray and God raises up Paul to be a missionary. The greatest missionary that this world will ever, ever see. Hey? All these things happen. Why? As a result of prayer. Prayer. That's why they happen. If you want to see a move of God in your life, start praying. You want to see things start to happen? You want to see things start to move? You want to see you start to move? Start praying. Let me share some things with you today that every Christian should be praying. First one is, God save me. God save me. Do you know, God promises to save all who call on him. In Romans ten thirteen, it says, Everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. That's amazing. Everyone. That disqualifies no one. That's incredible, guys. That's huge. 1 Timothy 2, 1, 4 says, I urge you, First of all, to pray for all people, ask God to help them, intercede on their behalf and give thanks for them. Pray this way for kings and all who are in authority so that we can live peaceful and quiet lives marked by godliness and dignity. This is good and pleases God our Saviour who wants everyone to be saved and to understand the truth. You know Samuel Zwemer. I sure if I've said that right. He's made this statement, "The history of missions is the history of answered prayer. I am convinced that when we stand before God, we will discover that every soul ever brought to a knowledge of Christ was in some way related to intercessory prayer." I really believe that's a true statement today. Do you know, the church prayed for strength, they prayed for protection, and they prayed for the deliverance of Peter. And this was in line with God's will according to Scripture. So that means that we can have confidence that he'll hear us. Yeah? And that he will act on your behalf. So today you can rest assured that if you're praying according to God's will, it's God's heart and he will respond. Okay? Do you know, there are people in this place today, I know there are, that if it wasn't for that person that was interceding for them, when they didn't even know, praying for them all those years that they would never have come to salvation. They are here today because someone in their home was on their knees interceding for them that they would come to know Christ. Okay? I could ask for a show of hands who know that today, but it, it, I'm, I'm sure we'll find most people here because someone was praying for you. Okay? Today I want to ask you, I want to ask us, who are you praying for to come to salvation? Who? Who is it who are you believing for and if you can't think of someone get someone if you can't write down a name or think of a name church start believing for people to come to know jesus yeah my other question is are we making earnest prayers for god to rescue to heal to save people to set them free you know what school university workplace community what's on your heart? What is the earnest prayers of your heart today? Do you know, I really want to pray that our church, that here in this place, that we are men and women of earnest prayer, yeah, because we know that God places people on our lives. He does, but we've got to choose to step out and start believing for them, yes? So number one was God save me. Number two was God set, is God set me free. And we continue on in verse 6 and it says, The night before Peter was to be placed on trial, he was asleep, fastened with two chains between two soldiers. Others stood guard at the prison gate. Suddenly there was a bright light in the cell and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. The angel struck him on the side to awaken him and said, quick, get up, and the chains fell off his wrists. Then the angel told him, get dressed and put on your sandals, and he did. Now put on your coat and follow me, the angel said. Do you know, Peter, he was in prison chains. He was in need of physically being set free. Yeah? We may not have physical chains on today, but I can say we have need to be set free. We have chains that we carry around with us. So today, what are your chains? What chains are you dragging along in your life with you? Maybe regrets, maybe abuse, addiction. So many chains. So many chains. But you know, sanctification is the process by which God sets us free from our chains, our addictions and our sins. And why? Because it makes us into the image of Christ. That's what sanctification is. It's the process of becoming more holy, more kind, more faithful, more good, more patient, more joyful, whatever it is. Anything more, because it's becoming more like Christ. Yeah? Yeah? Is anyone still on this journey of sanctification? I am. So I certainly am. It's a long journey, hey? But we can have confidence. And this is, this is such a promise to us today. We can have confidence that God is committed to this process of setting us free, okay? And do you know what? Making us more like Christ. And the, the amazing thing is God is the one who does the work. God does the work. There is nothing you can do in this process. The thing you have to do is show up. You have to make yourself available and stay in the process, yeah? And then God is committed to all parts of your life. But you've got to show up. Once he's committed, he will commit his whole time to making you Christ-like. Every part of your life, our relationships, our families, our marriages, friendships, whatever it is, he will commit to making that like Christ. We continue then now in Acts um, verse 9 and it says, So Peter left the cell following the angel, but all the time he thought it was a vision. He didn't realise it was actually happening. They passed the first and the second guard posts and came to the iron gate leading to the city. And this opened for them all by itself. So they passed through and started walking down the street and then the angel left him. Peter, Peter finally came to his senses." It's really true, he said. The Lord has sent his angel and saved me from Herod and from what the Jewish leaders had planned to do to me. So much for the 40 guards, hey? 40 guards. Herod puts 40 guards out there. What does this tell me? When God's involved, no amount of soldiers is going to stop. When God is involved and God takes control, there is nothing that can stop him. That's a promise for you today. Promise for you today. When all looks impossible, God's able you know, my three beautiful children, my eldest two, Joel and Ethan, they are master sleepwalkers. Masters. But I have to admit, they probably get it from me. It's so sad. Bronson will often tell me, I wake up in the morning, like, do you remember last night? No. Because you shot up, sat up and, blah, 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 and went back to sleep. I'm like, no, I don't remember that. <laughs> Clearly I do. I think he's lying. I think he's lying you know sometimes Bronson and I will be sitting in the lounge room and Joelle will walk out of her bedroom, say something that makes absolutely no sense, turn around and go back to bed. Okay, I'm sure what that is. <laughs> or, you know, there'll be no- I'll hear noises coming from her room and I'll be like, that's it. I'm going to her room and I'm gonna catch her on her phone. Because they're not allowed to have her- their phones in their bedroom. I'm like, that's it, I'm gonna catch her, because I can hear her talking. I can hear she's having a conversation with someone. I'll open the door, turn on the light. And she's just talking to herself in a dream. She's dreaming away, chatting something, and then I'll say something back to her and she'll go, what, and then wake up and try and reason and, do. Nah, I'll just go back to sleep. Master. You know, then, Ethan, one night I hear some noises. I'm in bed, I hear noises. And as the protector of the home, because he, he's, he's sleeping, snoring, Bronson's snoring right beside me. I get up, let's go and protect these kids. I walk down the hallway towards the kids' rooms. I leave the lights off, okay, so I don't want to wake up everybody. It's about 2.30am. I'm walking down the hallway and Ethan walks past me. Excuse me. (laughs) Like he's just going for a wander. I'm like, mate, where are you going? He's like, "Uh, oh, I I don't know. Get back to bed, mate. It's not the first time. We've found him standing at the back door trying to get out before as well. So I'm, it's, it's quite funny. My kids are masters they probably get it for me. But anyway, do you know, we laugh, at this, we laugh at these stories, don't we? We laugh. But many of us are sleepwalking too. We're sleepwalking. We're sleepwalking through our Christian life. Not even realising that God has a plan to rescue us. Yep. But even if that's the case, that we don't know, he's still faithful and he still sees it through to set us free. He keeps going. Yep. Even when we don't know. Philippians 1:6 says, Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. Of Christ Jesus. How amazing is that? He will keep going. Do you know those chains? That you're bound by, the depression, the pain, the disappointments, those addictions, those hurts, those rejections, that shame, guilt, abuse. You know, whatever it is, the word that you have to insert into that for you, whatever it is, God's in the business of setting you free. God's in the business of setting you free and cleaning up your life. That's what he's in the business of. So today, don't forget, God here is here to set you free. So number one, God saved me, God set me free. And number three is God give me expectancy, if the keys would come, please. God give me expectancy. We move on to verse 12 and it says, When he realised this, he went to the home of Mary, the mother of John Mark, where many were gathered for prayer. He knocked at the door in the gate and a servant girl named Rhoda came to open it. When she recognised Peter's voice, she was overjoyed that instead of opening the door, she ran back inside and told everyone, Peter is standing at the door. You're out of your mind, they said. When she insisted, they decided it must be his angel. Meanwhile, Peter continued knocking. When they finally opened the door and saw him, they were amazed. This story. Here we have Peter. He's knocking on the door. Yeah, he's knocking on the door where the church is inside praying. They're gathered inside praying, and the servant girl realizes it's Peter, but instead of letting him in, she runs back inside. She runs inside to tell everyone. Yeah, what happens next is really interesting. The people inside they say, "What are you talking about? You're out of your mind. You're out of your mind." Fascinating, hey? Do you know, they're praying. The church is praying. That's amazing. It's more than what some of us would do. We'd be off doing something else when we come against trouble. But they, the prayer had no expectation of being answered attached to it. They didn't attach expectancy to their praying. Daniel Kalender makes his statement, The only thing worse than prayerlessness is prayer without expectation. Prayer without expectation. Peter's there. It's crazy, hey? The miracle is right in front of the house. It's right there. But they're saying, You're out of your mind. You're crazy. What are you talking about? Sound like us today? A little bit? Do you know when we pray, when we get on our knees and pray, or when we're in that space? We need to be confident enough in God and expect that your prayer will be answered. We need to stand in that confidence. You know, when Roman comes to me, he doesn't come to me and say, pray, maybe God will help me. No, pray. That's all he says, pray. Because he has an expectation that he's going to be healed or God will help him. Total expectation. Hebrews 11.6 says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For whoever will draw near to God must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who seek Him. The faith that pleases God in prayer is confident of two things, that God is and that He rewards those who seek Him. Yeah, that God is and He rewards those who seek Him. When we go to God in prayer, we must believe, hey, that He will bless us. Otherwise, it displeases Him He wants you to know that He's going to bless you. He is a God that does what He says He will do. That's who He is. And He wants you to know that. He wants you to know that He will do what He says He will do. Yeah. So, you know, today, God saved me. God set me free and God gave me expectancy. So today, what are you earnestly praying for? What are you earnestly praying for? Is there anything that you are so locked in about that when you pray to God, it always comes up, always? It just sits there and lingers? Is there anything that you are totally consumed about? I know there are a lot of people here who are totally consumed about things, yeah? That totally consumes you. Is there anything that you are so passionately stirred about that you persistently and constantly want to ask God about? Is there something? If something is on your heart, church, can I just, if you get anything from my message today, if something is on your heart, get to prayer about it. If something is stirring you, and the next part is, and be confident, if it is in God's will, that He will answer. Be confident. And I can tell you, if it's about saving someone, it's God's will. Get to pray about it. Do you know 100% of the prayers I don't pray won't get answered? Yeah, 100% of the prayers that I don't pray won't get answered. Church, we need to ask. We need to ask. We need to come before God and ask. Do you know, if you're praying for the salvation of a loved one, be confident in God. Be confident. If you're praying to be set free from something, be confident in God that He'll set you free. You have doubt in prayer, be confident that God will remove that and He can do it. Be confident that God will do what He says He will do. And He is who He says He is. Be confident in that. Do you know, it brings us back to our key verse today. Faith is the confidence that we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. Wow. Hey, if we're going to pray, expect God to hear and answer your prayers. Hey, why don't we close our eyes today? Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father, for this morning, God.